0: Welcome into to the inaugural episode of Slow Burn, episode number one. Uh, so this is just going to be a podcast about movies and TV shows and entertainment and fun. I'm right. from my side anyways. I don't know about Jeff's side. Uh, so just to go ahead and introduce ourselves, uh, I'm Steven. I'm your number one co-host. And then the number two co-host is...
1: I'm Jeffrey Spradlin, and I'm the number one co-host.
0: Okay, we're going to have a battle. It's fine. We just wanted to kind of open up uh, the first episode anyways and just kind of tell you who we are and why we wanted to do this. Jeff and I, um, I call him Jeff. You guys are going to call him Jeff, too, because everybody calls him Jeff because it's so much easier than Jeffrey. Jeff and I work together at a company called Down and Front Productions here in the beautiful Magic City, Birmingham, Alabama. Great place. Great place to live. We do video. We do editing. So we kind of have that kind of background going on with us too every day jeff uh, watches some crazy weird movies and i watch more normal popular movies and stuff like that but anyways jeff just kind of comes into uh, the cubby that i work in uh, with three other people and uh, we just kind of all talk and uh, shoot ideas and and, uh, make fun of movies and tv shows and different things like that jeff and i figured one day why don't we just have the same conversation but in podcast form Uh, because you know why not because there's not enough podcasts out there already so we figured why not add another one so <laughs> but Jeff and I just have fun um, while we're doing it most of so, the time most of the time sometimes it gets heated for this podcast we just wanted to each episode either review a movie review a tv show maybe go on a director deep dive uh, with you guys and just kind of talk about uh, what we talk about every day anyways how many movies do you think you've ever, you've watched total Jeff
1: um, according to Letterboxd, I'm at around 1,000. So. Okay.
0: Have you logged every movie in Letterboxd? I have not. Okay, well, we're over 1,000 movies, Jeffrey Spradlin, here, people. Give them... Yep, I'm a loser. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of uh, hours there. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff does a lot of research into movies. He gets excited for trailers. He knows his directors. He knows his actors, his actresses he knows his analytical side of movies uh, way more than I do. I like to try and know. I don't keep up as much as Jeff (laughs) for this podcast. What we wanted to do is just have Jeff give his analytical, you know, over a thousand movies watched kind of uh, (laughs) viewpoint on these movies and TV shows and and kind of tell you, you know, why a director chose this, this lighting or why a director chose this music or composition or the angles of the shots and why those were great. Jeff is just kind of kind of give his analytical view of movies uh, whereas I'm going to give you my favorite parts more of the average Joe's perspective of the movie what I liked what I didn't like uh, my favorite lines the funny stuff that I thought came out of it the jokes that I have along the way I'm sure Jeff will have a few of those too of course I'll have a few of the analytical side but you know you can decide who's smarter who's the cooler who's the weirder one Uh, We all know the right answer. Kind of what we want this podcast to be in the future. um, I kind of touched on a little bit, just reviews, TV shows, movies. We also want to do director deep dives. We want to do, you know, maybe drafts of movies, like our favorite movies of a year, favorite movies of a decade, favorite comedies, favorite, you know, it's going to be a lot of different drafts. We're we're going to try to have guests on, just friends, maybe some family members. Uh, I know Jeff has a lot of uncles that would love to be on this podcast. (laughs) Specifically shouting out you, Uncle Larry. And eventually we'll um, work
1: our way up to getting some directors as well, and maybe they can be
0: interviewed by Uncle Larry. They, uh, awesome. That would be <laughs> thats the That's the, the peak that's, of the that's show. Peak, that's right. peak. I don't know if we ever <laughs> can ever top that. And we're also going to do uh, just movie swaps, because uh, kind of like I opened up with Jeff and I have, uh, we have similar tastes in some movies, but we have a lot of different tastes in different movies. Like Jeff likes more of the Slow burn movies, uh, you know. Hey. From <laughs> podcast name, there he that's <laughs> his that's his go-to. Any movie that has a slow burn or a build-up that is very slow and dramatic and and emotional, Jeff is like all about that. That is just his the epitome of his life is watching a slow burn movie most of the time. Yes. Yeah. Whereas I'm more of like your average Joe, your your 24 year old man that watches action comedy and loves it. So. Uh, that's kind of where we are we we have some movies that jeff has a lot of movies in his repertoire that i've never seen before that he wants me to watch and i have some movies that i've seen in in my life that are dumb comedies maybe some tv shows here and there that jeff has never seen because he cannot commit to a tv show for long enough to actually (laughs) finish a season of a not even just like a series just season of a tv show that I'll probably force on him to watch. And then we'll kind of give our opinions on that back and forth and see where we differ and where we yeah. kind of come together on a certain viewpoints. So I think that'll be a lot of fun.
1: Movie swaps will be fun, of course, because like you said before, I've coming from it from the perspective of like a thousand movies or whatever. And you're coming from it from the side of, you know, a guy with a life who
0: has a child and <laughs>
1: actual I do, responsibility. I do have so. a child.
0: I do. So Jeff, Jeff has me beating that, like where he has, you know, extra time on his hands. Exactly. Uh. <laughs> Which is weird that
1: you're the one who loves TV shows so much because like for me, it's like I don't want to commit to a full season because you know I get five, six episodes in and I'm like, wow, I don't like this. Well, yeah, Just but, but same,
0: same thing with movies though. You get two hours in, and you're like, wow, that was a waste. But yeah, but at like... a TV show, you start and you can stop. You don't have to finish the series. You can watch like an, a, an episode or two and be like, that was dumb, and you've only wasted like an hour and a half. Whereas a movie, you can try and get through the whole movie, and that you're like, this
1: is awful. Well, that's the thing. If it's a movie you don't love, you know, it was ninety minutes, maybe two hours, whatever. But if it's a show, sometimes they don't find their footing until maybe even season two. So it takes an actual
0: commitment. To that's the fair, but going. most that's fair. But most of the shows I'm gonna make you watch are just like an anthology or one one season or a mini series or anything like that, because I know how you are. Or I'm just going to make you watch one season of something where I'm like, all right, this is you can watch this and be done.
1: More like the vein of True Detective season one. (laughs) Yes, the the
0: greatest season of TV ever made, according to Jeffrey Spradlin.
1: featuring Matthew McConaughey with one (laughs) of the most incredible (laughs) performances.
0: Again, (laughs) on today's episode, the first episode, we are going to uh, review Parasite. Uh, Came out in 2019. um, Kind of a little bit. It's we wanted to review it because it was such a popular movie in 2020. Everybody loved it so much when it was coming out. And kind of, I think it took a while for people to kind of see it all at once because it was a foreign film. Didn't necessarily come out in all theaters at the same time. Yeah. Uh, It eventually did. Well, it Um. did really well
1: at Cannes. It won the Palme d'Or, which was the first Korean film to ever win that award. And then it slowly, you know, when it made its way to America, it, you know, played in New York and LA before it finally got to us where I could go see it with a bunch of old people. So Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well Well, we wanted it
0: (laughs) We wanted to review Parasite because it was such a popular movie coming out. I had never seen it before. Jeff loved it. It's, it's a brand new concept, I think, is what makes this movie so good or, or so many people loved it so much. It's so it's a, original. Yeah, it's a very original plot. I think Korean culture is a lot different, from obviously, from American culture. I, that sure. might have been the obvi- most obvious statement of the year. For sure. But I think that also uh, plays to the originality of it, For at least from an American standpoint. We don't have the same culture or the same, um, I guess, lifestyle mm-hmm. of uh, Koreans in general. So it kind of gave us a new perspective on all that. For sure, and um, it's
1: interesting, too, because Bong Joon-ho was coming off his last two director, movies. Director Bong Joon-ho. Director Bong Joon-ho. He was coming off his most recent films, which were his first English-language movies, um, Snowpiercer okay. and Okja.
0: Which... I forgot that he did Snowpiercer, actually. Yeah, I did yes. know. I think I did know he did Okja, but I forgot he did Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer is also a new concept film. Much darker than Parasite, though. Have you that, seen Snowpiercer? That
1: might be debatable. I have seen the film. I've not seen the TV show. I haven't seen the show, either.
0: I've seen the film. Yeah. Ah, pretty dark. it Sophia's pretty, pretty dark. Pretty cynical. And dark. <laughs> yeah, <there's... laughs> Spoilers for Sophia's like everybody dies. <laughs> Literally everybody dies. It's kind of
1: like Bong Jun Ho's thing, though. Like One of his first movies, Memories of Murder, is very dark, but such an incredible movie and also his first movie is called Barking Dogs Never Bite and it's about a guy killing dogs so that's no, actually fine. his film I have not seen because I can't bring myself to watch that. So yeah I don't blame
0: you I don't want to see dogs die. No that's, no no no. That's like that. number one in my don't list yes. dogs dying. So
1: It's funny we can watch a movie where you know a hundred people were yeah, well, I don't care about killed, people I just care about the dogs I okay? kill like the dog I am legend I'm
0: I am Legend. like 90% of the population is dead I only care about the part where he kills his dog and I just can't watch that I can't I'll watch the rest it. of the movie I can't and I will it. skip <laughs> that part i will skip that part every single time stop. i've seen it one time and then I, i'm never gonna watch that stop again. the animal violence that's yes. our note <laughs> all right <laughs> we went off on two tangents there beginning of that is i wanted to say we wanted to watch parasite because everybody freaked out about it such a great movie jeff has seen it i hadn't seen it um so this is kind of my first time i think jeff this is your second time watching yeah, well, it it was my second time. Uh, we wanted to take notes on it and just kind of go over what we thought about the movie in general You can watch this movie on Hulu, by the way. I do want to point... I do want to, when we go over a movie, say where we can watch it, if you have to rent it, if people want to watch along as we do the reviews. So what I want to do here, Jeff, since you've seen it already, I'm going to kind of go over my list. Yeah. Just my my brief kind of overview of the movie. Yeah, I'd love to hear what you thought. What I thought... And then we'll get what you thought on your initial run, and then what you realized on your second run. Yeah, so especially
1: with you because you've heard not only you know I'm sure you've seen the IMDb where it's one of the highest rated movies ever. Right. And, but I say
0: if you go on any ranking thing ever, it's like the highest rated movie on of the decade or something like yeah. that.
1: It uh, also in, in this podcast film spotting they do this cool thing called film spotting madness. In they did the best films of the 2010s, and Parasite won. Yeah, so, I think,
0: though, I think that was a little bit of recency bias because they were some very, really good
1: movies. Very true. Although but, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood got put out way too early in that bracket. <laughs> garbage movie. Uh, anyway. Stop.
0: <laughs> I, I
1: really would love to hear what you thought about this, going into it with know it and
0: all the hype. Yes, so part of the thing about Parasite that I think was really cool, too, is that you go into the movie and the trailer, uh, this is a thing that Jeff loves, too, the trailer reveals nothing. Yes. It tells you literally nothing. And going into it, you know, hearing the, the word "parasite" and seeing the, I guess the only thing you see is the um, the movie poster that has the black lines over the uh, cast's eyes. Mm-hmm. So that's the only kind of thing I'd gone off. I think I only watched the trailer like a week before I'd even seen it. Never watched a trailer. Just heard "parasite." I thought it was, I, or at least I, from what I had heard, kind of more of, I guess, more closer to horror than it actually was. I, I thought it was it was going to be a dark kind of creepy thriller movie, almost suspenseful, maybe a little bit horror in, mixed in there. So the first thing I noticed that it is a is listed as a comedy on Hulu, which I thought that was unique. Yeah, maybe a dark comedy. Yeah, yeah. So I can see after after watching it, I can see that it's a dark comedy, mm-hmm. but it, it does have some uh, some really funny lines in there. So I did want to put in there the first thing I noticed. So I'm just going to go line by line. I took very kind of like just when something poked out at me. So it's not necessarily as the plot goes. I hate movies that start with credits. I hate it. Interesting. Also, another segment we're going to do eventually is what grinds my gears, like the Peter Griffin thing. <laughs> yes. Like this is it's just going to be me complaining. Uh, probably Jeff complaining too because he's good at that. Hey, no. I hate hate movies that start with credits.
1: Interesting. Why I is don't
0: that? I don't want to watch like so this one wasn't bad because it had like. I don't know, 10 lines of credits, and it was really quick, and it kind of just showed where they lived, right? Mm-hmm. I hate movies that do basically almost like generic B-roll, close to generic B-roll, and then they just use that as a minute and a half filler at the beginning of the movie just to show who was in it.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because it's more of like a classic Hollywood thing. Yeah, and I hate it. I
0: hate it. Because like movies then were an event, you yeah. know, and you're in there. Well, like the early 2000s, every movie is like has a credits at the beginning. Hate it. Yeah. I honestly don't blame directors because, hey, you know, let them see this is a
1: Bong Joon-ho film.
0: So I get a little bit of it if you're just trying to show something that happened kind of with the movie. And you need time to fill anyways. Mm -hmm. And you don't make it like literally that's the point of this section of the movie you're showing is just to show the credits. Right. It really bothers me when this is a complete tangent from – Parasite, because again, Parasite wasn't bad. I just saw them pop up, and I mean it was like I hate it when this happens. Well, it is interesting you say that because you,
1: you talk about how much you like TV shows, and that is kind of like a staple of TV shows. You know, yeah, like, but that's an
0: intro. Like the uh, it's different. Well, than not a TV even show. with the
1: theme song. Like I've seen shows where they'll have the theme song,
0: and you come out, and then like while the show is happening, executive so that producer. Doesn't, it doesn't bother me while the show is happening if there's like dialogue, if there's a story going on. Right, okay. that does not bother me. It's okay. when you're all of a sudden you're on a skyline shot of New York City that has nothing to do with the film, and then they're, for the next two minutes you're just watching different skyline shots or people walking in New York City or whatever, and you're just seeing credits roll by. That has nothing to do with the film, right? Okay. That bothers me. doesn't bother me when it's um, like the only – for some reason this is the only movie that comes to mind right now. Rush Hour 2. Have you seen Rush Hour 2? <laughs> I have 2? not seen that. Honestly. Oh, God. <laughs> There's like a scene, like the first three, four minutes of it, is a scene that has to do with the movie it it carries the plot forward and they show the credits when that and like the bottom right or whatever like that doesn't bother me Mm -hmm. bothers me when it's the main point of what you're showing me okay does that make sense interesting yeah Yeah. complete tangent there but drives my gears this is a new segment so go for it okay Uh, (laughs) very poor family living in a basement level I, i don't even know it i was confused on this too do they pay rent What Do they just live there? Is it like a slum where they just kind of shacked up there and then they just live there now?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And this is, you know, you mentioned before the cultural difference. I don't know how common this is. Yeah, so I think me,
0: uh, Jeff and I kind of talked a little bit about Koreans. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that there's such a huge population in Korea and such a small landmass, essentially, in Mm -hmm. South Korea anyways. And so people just kind of are stacked on top of each other almost mm-hmm. in cities and stuff like that. And so that's kind of what you see in Parasite is that this family, very poor, family's out of work. They're at the bottom floor of a basement level kind of thing. They're stacking pizza boxes to try and make whatever money they can and searching for Wi-Fi from other people that they can steal off of because that's all <laughs> the entertainment they have. I think they eventually find it where they have their toilet they have to like reach up to as the ceiling. As high as possible. As high yes. as possible, yes. So I think that's one of those cultural differences where we don't really know what that's like in America because there's obviously a huge population in America, but we can spread out. Right. And even in cities like New York or something like that, or, or LA or, or you know the bigger cities, I, I guess it's never that to that level. It yeah. it's never, it never, I guess there's some places in New York it's like that. Maybe some places, that, you know, where there's homeless people or something like that, but it, mm-hmm. it felt different, if that makes sense.
1: It, yeah, it did. And I think the Wi Fi is an interesting point because it shows, in a way, something that we have. It's just ubiquitous in America.
0: Like literally everywhere. You go to a coffee shop, you go to a restaurant, there's Wi Fi. First note I have after we get through like the stacking pizza boxes and the, the credits that I hate, first note I have they're a broke family, right? Yes. Who in their right mind? the end piece of a loaf of bread (laughs) bothered me
1: hey if you're desperate i if you're desperate you will eat anything i'm just saying
0: that how broke are we (laughs) well pretty broke but (laughs) that 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 really shows poverty right there if you're eating the end piece i think you could just not show me anything else and show them getting the last piece of a loaf of bread that's the end piece that's like weird (laughs) end of the loaf and them eating it i would understand everything even as a joke, it, which is funny that this happened, and I honestly didn't even pick
1: up on it, but this is one of those little subtle touches yes. in the film that actually yes. do mean something. They
0: probably, because- he probably, I don't even know if he meant to do it, but it spoke to me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so a quick synopsis, uh, basically, poor family... Gets an opportunity to work. Uh, One of the members gets an opportunity to work with a a very wealthy family in Korea that has a very nice house. Very gullible. Very gullible. The matron of the house, I guess, is the best way to put it. She is just very gullible. The one guy that gets a chance to work with them convinces her to fire the rest of her employees and hire his family, not knowing it's the rest of his family. So he eventually gets his whole family employed by this very wealthy family. They kick out the housekeeper. Uh, that is live there very savage way well. very savage way they kick out everybody really and then the housekeeper one night they they're in the house alone the wealthy family's out the housekeeper comes back one night and begs to get in she's begging to come inside so everybody hides except for the the new housekeeper which is the mom of the quote unquote parasite family mm-hmm. and they let her in uh, the housekeeper ends up f- uh, showing them a secret basement room where she has been hiding her husband, who is in deep debt with loan sharks, for years. She's just been bringing him food. It's just a concrete basement, almost like a like a safe room, almost. He's been living down there, isolated from society.
1: This is where the film really takes a turn. Yes, yeah, so well.
0: the, the film is kind of comedic before this, I feel like. It, it has... I didn't think it was very dark before this. I thought it was, it was more comedic, more mm-hmm. kind of quirky. This family convincing the other family to, to let them in. Right. But the old housekeeper discovers the rest of the, the new family that comes in. And she's like, oh, my gosh, you've been hiding this whole time. She videos it, threatens them with the video to send to the uh, matron of the household, the rich family. Mm-hmm. Then kind of a battle ensues to get the phone. Right after this battle ensues, you know, kind of it gets rough, I guess you could say. They. Uh, <laughs> it is crazy
1: how how Long Jun Ho made just the send button on an iPhone for like a nuclear bomb. Yes, you know, like the tension yes. was so. High. It was
0: it, the the one of the things in this movie we'll we'll touch on it again later is the composition. It's, it's insanely insane. good. Yes. Anyways, so they get the phone back, and as they kind of get the phone back, they trap the housekeeper and her husband downstairs in the basement. They tie him up, uh, and then the rich family comes home unexpectedly. Everybody's trying to clean up, escape, hide, do whatever. In the kind of chaos that ensues, the housekeeper gets kicked down the stairs to the basement. Yes. Yes. Th- the, again, the, the sound thud. composition, the thud, when she hits the bottom. You're just like, all right. that was. They lock them down in the basement. The parasite family does. And then they, they end up escaping the house from the rich family without them knowing. It kind of eats at the parasite family's boy because he feels like he got his family into this. It's never stated, but it, it feels like he's going to kill the housekeeper and her husband that they found. Never stated out outright, but it, it, you, you kind of have that feeling. Yeah, there's
1: just some visual cues that kind of... Visual cues, yeah.
0: you know, kind of just the, again, the composition kind of points to it. So there happens to be a party that the rich family's having. The boy decides to go on that day down to the basement mm-hmm. um, to where the housekeeper and her husband, that's where they left them. He thinks they're still alive. The housekeeper has died in this time in this kind of chaos he kind of i guess trips a little bit down the stairs and the husband of the housekeeper ends up uh to what we think killing the boy and then the husband of the housekeeper that is dead now wants revenge on the parasitic family so he kind of comes upstairs during this party stabs the daughter of the parasitic family Mm -hmm. gets in a wrestling match with the mother of the parasitic family and in this kind of chaos the rich family doesn't know what's going on. They just think a crazy man has killed their help. And the father of the help, kind of a theme in the movie too, is that they, they, the rich family can't stand the smell of the... Uh, very important part. Yes, yeah. very important part that I kind of skipped over. They, they, they make several points to, to state that they don't like the smell of their help, basically. So kind of in this, all this chaos the the father of the daughter who's bleeding out the the mother uh, the new housekeeper the mother is battling with the the husband of the old housekeeper mm-hmm. and the uh, father of the rich family kind of makes another thing about the smell of the basement husband and, and it really bothers him it does it really it bothers the space. father you as I say there's a lot of visual cues and this moment kind of I get, I think the father just kind of snaps and stabs the rich father and that's kind of like the i guess the wrap-up there is a moment the boy does survive the daughter dies from the from bleeding out the boy and his mother are kind of uh, let go i think on just probation Mm -hmm. for fraud essentially and then the father of the parasitic family ends up escaping but he escapes into the basement of the race family's house still and a new family moves in, and he's able to survive there for... I mean, they don't exactly say state amount of time, but we think at least a year mm-hmm. or so. The boy eventually discovers that his father's there because he sees him... Another big point is he sees him doing Morse code through light switches that are right. in the basement. And that's kind of the wrap-up. The boy promises to help. So that was kind of the synopsis. That was probably a very poorly worded synopsis. No, but
1: well, I wouldn't say poorly at all. More in-depth than I expected you to go.
0: I went really in-depth. It's hard to... I guess give a synopsis of this movie without going in depth, I guess. It, it you really could say is. a parasitic family took over a rich family, and then they got in a battle with an old parasitic family that was attached to the rich family. They went crazy, yeah. killed the, one of the rich family members, and then they just kind of went away, kind of, or they're back in poverty, kind and of thing. It,
1: that brings up an interesting thing, because you know most movies, we see how the rich are just constantly preying on the poor non-stop, but in this movie, it kind of subverts that, because it's the poor family, it's praying on the rich family in a way right. as they infiltrate their home and convince them of all these laws and tricks to basically take their money.
0: Right, Very they, fascinating. They do. They do. So it's very interesting. Another thing that I pointed out to Jeff, I did, I did talk about to Jeff this. I kind of love how uh, – now maybe this is in multiple foreign films. I haven't watched very many foreign films. Korean language, it seems like when they finish the sentence – and they're just asking for something or they're telling somebody something or something like that. They finish in a whiny tone. Does that make sense?
1: It does make sense. I don't
0: want to imitate it because I feel like that would be terrible. But like, it's like yeah. the whiny tone at the end just makes me laugh every time. I think you see it in anime sometimes too. Like for in, sure. in foreign speaking anime. It just makes me laugh every time. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's wrong with me. It makes me laugh. You're a bad person. I am a bad person. We will find out throughout this time, this podcast. That I'm a bad person.
1: <laughs> I will make sure people know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Next line. I'm going to read these out because I think they're funny the way I just have them written out. It's just a chimp. <laughs> it's from the boy looking at the uh, <laughs> the son of the parents that and looking at the wall, seeing the art of the other son. He's like, oh, it's a chimp. And mm-hmm. she's like, no, it's a self-portrait. <laughs> like, yes. what an awkward moment. <laughs> like, I love, I love
1: the little pause in between, too, as he's just like oh yes yes, yes.
0: It like i think one of the things that makes this movie great is they're great at convincing i mean she's obviously so gullible and mm-hmm. so it's so funny the ways they convince her that they're they're either right or they're know what they're talking about it's it's hilarious to me. Yes. so again a lot of funny moments that i guess aren't like strictly written out like funny lines you know mm-hmm. they aren't it's not it's comedic just from this it's situational comedy yes um, which i love Also, I love, there's multiple parts in the, I I don't know if this is a culture thing, or if this is just the movie in general, there's multiple parts where they ask super personal questions, yeah, and then they just stare at each other, and they don't talk. For 30 seconds, they'll just look at each other, and the camera either cuts back and forth, or just kind of has a both of them in it, and they just look at each other, and they don't make a noise, they don't make a facial expression, they just look. <laughs> like there's a there's a part where the the and this matters later in the film, but still there's a part where the driver uh, who is the father of the parasitic family is Mr. Kim. Yeah, Mr. Kim is talking to Mr. Park, the father of the rich family, while he's driving him. Of course, and he's just talking in depth, super personal questions. Like they, it's not like they like. Our friends or anything like that. Right. He's, he's, he's his driver, and he's like, "Do you love your wife?" And it matters later in the film, I guess, a little bit. But mm-hmm. they, there is a, I mean, no, no joke, like twenty or thirty seconds to where it just cuts back and forth of them just staring at each other. Yeah. And it honestly kind of loved the cringe. Kind of loved it. That that part, like, there's multiple parts where they ask questions that I guess workers or. I don't know. I don't even know if I would ask my friend that just randomly. Like it's kinda right. out of the blue too. It's not like Do you they love were... your wife <laughs> Yeah, it's not like they were Exactly. It's not like they were leading up to it, you know. It's not like they had a conversation leading up to emotional preferences and, you know, people. They just out of the blue you love your wife <laughs> right <laughs> he just... literally just became his new driver so it's not like they've but had they all this also, time together they also like they have conversation before that and has nothing to do with that <laughs> well that's kind of like us you know we that, on these fair. crazy tangents I that's guess that's but it wasn't even like it wasn't even like a lead up it was just a do you love your wife and yeah. then the I think my favorite part of it is not even necessarily the personal it's the stare it's the stare off they have mm-hmm. neither budging neither making a facial expression just looking at each honestly, other honestly
1: two great actors though they kind oh, they, they of killed it. I think most of the
0: cast was insane Oh, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. Also, I have... I think I kind of passed over it. I think my my favorite character at the beginning, obviously it shifts, so I, I kind of want to... Part of me wants to split this movie in half and say like, favorite part of the beginning and favorite part of the second yeah. half. Does that make sense? It, it certainly does. The tone changes after wow. they find the previous parasite family, I guess. That you know that's
1: might be my favorite scene in the movie, honestly. When, when she does come in the house, when the Park family is on, you know, they're going on this camping trip for the, for the kid, and then the old housekeeper comes in, and then all of a sudden the score changes. It goes to this, like, dramatic, you know, kind yeah, of almost like it, a It kind of, it kind of
0: matters for that scene, too. Um, I didn't say in the synopsis, but the uh, parasitic family, um, which do we ever find out their last name?
1: actually do not. I just call them the Mr. Kim clan. Yeah,
0: Mr. Kim clan. The uh, <laughs> Chong Su is the, the new housekeeper. Is that her name? Something like that. Something like that, yeah. They're all eating like just having a blast drinking all the liquor for the rich family and the the floor is just filthy yeah they're they're just throwing food they're just talking about they're going to live there one day the son's going to marry the the daughter of the rich family and everything like that they're more manipulation by the way drunk yes trying to get Um, deeper in as we're like kind of more of a fun easy going until that housekeeper comes in it's perfect with the storm in the background and pouring rain you know, I, I feel like you see multiple lightning flashes. It's like the classic mm-hmm. dark per- character comes in with lightning flashes and thunder behind it. And know, even so.
1: even the way it's shot changes momentarily because we go from this like pristine, perfect you know, yeah. composition and then all of a sudden we go to handheld as they're going down the
0: stairs. Right. It's like this frantic, like, oh my right. god, what's happening? Right. Geniusly shot. We'll, we'll, we'll let, I'll let you go into more of like the analytical <laughs> things of how it was shot, but I mean, it was amazing. So at the beginning of the movie, kind of the, the first half before it changes, I think the mom's my favorite character. Interesting. Not, not the, the mom of the rich family. Not the gullible mom. No, no, no. The new <laughs> housekeeper, I guess. The parasitic she's, mom. She's really cool. I yeah. think she's my favorite because she just complains all the time. <laughs> like, it's just a constant complaint. Oh, like me. It's a constant complaint. And then she just. I, I don't even know how to describe it. She just. Her energy and how she just complains and nags everybody all the time. And mm-hmm. she, it feels like she does nothing for 90% of the movie. And <laughs> yes. And it's just, Perfect. <laughs> she is the parasite of her own family, yes. <laughs> so that's why she's my favorite. I think my I think my opinion changes as the movie goes on. That she's not my favorite. I think the daughter of the parasite family is my favorite. See,
1: she's my favorite throughout. Jessica. She
0: just, she's like yeah, Jessica. She's that's her. Uh, I guess American her American name. name. Yes. I guess the manipulation she's able to put on the family and the. I, I feel like she's the genius.
1: She's by far all. the smartest. Yeah. And it, it's like one of my favorite lines in the movie when she's like forging the. Uh, the Oxford degree yeah. for um, for Kevin to yeah. go and teach, and the dad, Mr. Kim, has a line: Does Oxford have a major in document forgery? Yeah. <laughs> really cracked me up. I
0: mean, I love I love the line when they're first kind of infiltrating the rich family, and they do mm-hmm. the sing song to remember their backstory mm-hmm. when they're ringing the doorbell, and she yeah, does the I sing love song. That.
1: But that line, I think, is really, really clever because, you know, it's funny. But also, Mr. Kim doesn't even consider that his kids could go to college yeah. for real. Well, he also doesn't like, consider that,
0: they, as I say, he doesn't consider, you know, a real graphic design. Right. <laughs> Which is something that she could actually do. Yeah, she could do. Yeah. Next line I have. As the film goes, they don't show all the dogs at once until like the end of the film. This is so random. It has nothing to do with the plot or <laughs> anything like that. It. They don't show a dog at all the first time you see the rich family. I don't believe. They might show one. And yeah. then as you go, as it kind of continues with the rich family, another dog comes in, and you're like, "Oh, I didn't even know that." This again, very random, has nothing to do with the story at all. Mm. And then right before the housekeeper comes in, you realize, "Oh, they have three dogs."
1: <laughs> Zooming right was one of them. Fufu,
0: that's my next line. Foo-foo, elite dog name. That's <laughs> the, you don't you can't top that. You're, you're telling me that you topped a dog named Fufu? Like I can't you just one. what a name. Well, pretty, I think I might have to name my next. Pretty sick. My next kid that is Foo Foo. <laughs> <laughs> I love <laughs> it. <laughs> <laughs> my next notes are after all that happens, right? So I didn't take notes when all the craziness was happening because it was craziness I wanted mm-hmm. to watch. The <laughs> scene I noticed that I wanted to make fun of next was <laughs> after the basement husband and wife come up. That's what I'm calling them. I don't know what we should call them, but basement husband and wife <laughs> is what I'm going to call them they come up they have the parasite family kind of cornered with their their nuclear button of the sin of the video of them and they're kind of reminiscing um the basement husband's kind of reminiscing on the times they've had in the home and how they come up when the family's out and how he gets the food and everything and they mm-hmm. show a scene of them dancing and i just wanted to point out that that is the most white guy dance moves <laughs> i have ever seen in my life that the basement husband does it is a full on hitch dance moves that he pulls <laughs> And it is like a 15. Again, another great thing that they did here. It's like a 15 second scene of of the dancing. Mm -hmm. Another great thing they did here. It immediately switches after the dancing. Doesn't show anything. The music just turns up louder, and then you see the parasite family attack the basement family, like out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like it's perfect timing because it just like you're in his head or in his memories or whatever, and then all of a sudden you just snap back to reality. The way the edit, the transition they did to that, I thought was perfect. Like, oh, the, like the actual editing transition I mean from like that shot of the them dancing to mm-hmm. the transition into it's almost like a swirl or something I, I, I have to go back and watch what it really was but whatever transition that was I loved it because it excellent. took yes. you right out
1: I just want to say I've seen your dancing I don't think you have any
0: right to critique Mr. King I, okay. okay but I'm a white guy <laughs> <It's>, I can <laughs> dance like that and it's normal fair enough <laughs> <laughs> he was he was uh, he was getting it and it was perfect <laughs> next thing um, so kind of I guess when the uh, the fortune of the family kind of turns, they get this rock that's supposed to be spiritual in some sense and bring fortune to a family. When they have this rock, it's like a rock statue or something. I don't. Mm -hmm. That's the best way I can describe it. It's so metaphorical. It is. As Kevin says
1: twenty times
0: in the movie. (laughs) Yes, it is very (laughs) metaphorical. Before Kevin, the son of the parasite family, decides that again non-verbally that he's probably going to kill the basement husband and wife. He, their home gets flooded, and they're having to sleep in a gym. <laughs> Kevin can't sleep, and so he just cuddles the rock. <laughs> I just, that was hilarious. That he is just holding this rock like as tight as he can and like cuddling it, like rocking it a little bit. He just shows significant love for this rock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Another thing I wanted to point out: they they do it in the, the home flooding. They do it during the party. They do. I mean, throughout the movie, this is a key point. I mean, it's even a key plot point. The lighting lighting in this movie is fantastic. Like, uh, a big plot point is that the the lights speak Morse code throughout. And uh, I don't remember exactly when I wrote that the lighting is perfect. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what was happening, but I obviously wrote it down. You could
1: have at any point. Literally, it could have been multiple
0: points. There's a point where he's holding, like, the house is flooding. They're trying to grab whatever they can. Kevin grabs the rock for some Mm -hmm. reason because it's very metaphorical, I guess. And the light's flickering. Uh, Above him perfect lighting right there Uh, the gymnasium lighting. I thought was great the the lighting in the house I think this is what it was shot that they have of the kitchen that they consistently show of the rich family's kitchen You can just see the basement in the background and it's all light and bright upstairs It's just blacked out Mm -hmm. through the basement I thought it was so perfect. It, at any moment, you're kind of in suspense without even them not, like, not even trying because at any moment, something could come up from the basement and mm. you would not see it coming. So true. So there's multiple points where the lighting I thought was perfect. I want to go back and see if there's Morse code happening when he's grabbing the rock and the light's flickering. Mm. I want to see if that's Morse code or not. I, I'll, I'm not going to learn Morse, Morse code to figure it out. I'm just going <laughs> to Google it and see if somebody has figured out that that's Morse code because I'm sure somebody has. Somebody much smarter than me this is the stuff i have at the end of the movie so at the end of the movie like we discuss the father of the parasite family mr kim kills the rich rich father the daughter of the parasite family dies jessica uh the father escapes to the basement again and then the boy and his mom kevin and i want to say it's chung soo
1: i think you're right actually
0: I want to say it's chung soo chung
1: maybe chung sook it's something like it's that very close i'm yeah. close
0: I'm just going to be so different (laughs) they kind of escape the thing that Jeff kind of told me before the movie before I watched the movie he was like I saw the ending I hated it and then it actually ended and then I loved it Yes. so I understand what he was talking about now because the father ends up sending Morse code to Mr. Kim ends up sending Morse code to his son Kevin and Kevin figures out that he is hidden in the basement so Kevin writes his own Morse code to send back to his dad at least I assume it's Morse code or maybe it's a letter that he's writing and it, he just kind of goes on a, um, a voiceover of the next scene and he's basically talking about how he's going to get money he's going to fix the life he's going to get money and he's going to buy that house one day so that his father can escape mm-hmm. and it just shows him all of a sudden looking to buy this house and his father being able to walk up the stairs and it just shows that scene and then it goes to black mm-hmm. and then it goes back to Kevin before he's done all this and he says I will get you there one day and then the the movie kind of ends there yes i'm curious and i think this is why i think movies that end this way are great because it's so much discussion can happen on what it was supposed to be right i love the ambiguous nature yeah ambiguous endings are i mean they're they're frustrating sometimes but i think they're great just because you can have inception you know does the does it stop spending or spinning or is it still spinning yes I think it was a dream. I don't think it was actually feature. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it, it's tough to say because again, we talked about the, the kind of the genre switch, if you will, Damn. during the middle of the movie. This is kind of happens again here. It's kind of like a three part movie in a way, and this is kind of like the coda, and it's shot in this dreamlike quality for sure. Coda? What do you mean coda? Just me, kind of like, talk to me like I'm five. Kind of like an epilogue, you know? Okay, this is got like, you. Kind of like a cap on the. Coda end Coda stand or something, or is it just a um, word that I've never heard before? It's just a word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we also get this voiceover narration that you mentioned which has not happened at all throughout the rest of the movie well it
0: happens the only other time it happens is the uh, basement husband reminiscing Oh, the only the time it happens. That's true. But that again, that's another switch where it's right. That it hasn't happened until then. It happens right. then, and then it doesn't happen again until the very end. It,
1: it just feels so much different than the rest of the movie, and it kind of feels like this is Kevin now. You know, when we see him, you know, cuddling with a Rock earlier when he's sleeping, it's kind of like he's just striving to be like his friend that gave him the Rock. Like he wants to be that leader, right? That guy who gets to go to college in America and right. you know gets to accomplish all these things. So in a way, this is like kind of like a vision of what he wants to achieve because you know not only would he be saving his father and becoming the leader but then again he gets that house right and they're totally out of the situation right so it's like a goal for him to strive for yeah. to try to actually get out of the yeah, situation yeah i think
0: i think it was a dream i don't think it was that i mean my, well my, for
1: sure the, the 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 fake ending if you will we get where they're hugging and we is, see that all happy. is that a dream or
0: that but but I, I feel like this was again, could be a vision of the future that's what maybe? i'm saying because i feel like There has been so many switches and there's stuff that's thrown at you kind of like out of the blue. Yeah. It could have been like I would have believed it if it was just if it ended there. Yeah. Again, I would have hated it because it doesn't explain how that happened. It just jumps to it just says he's going to make money, he's gonna write himself, he's gonna write the family, he's gonna make a lot of money, buy the house. Doesn't explain how he does it, which And then it, and so I would have been frustrated with that. Me too. Would I wouldn't too... have hated that if they ended it that way, if like he would have bought the house and, and kind of saved the family just because mm-hmm. you end up rooting for them, even though they're manipulating the rich family. You, it's it's the Robin Hood situation where you, you root for the poor, even though they're stealing from
1: the rich. So that's actually a note I had in here is that at the first half of the movie, we were 1 million percent on their side. We get it, we feel bad for them, yeah. and we're like, yes, you yeah. know keep going but at some point it kind of flips. I feel like we are meant to start rooting against them because what they do is so messed up. I and so, so evil.
0: You, so you I definitely root against them starting at the housekeeper moment. Yes. You start to root against at least the mom. I don't know if the whole family was feeling that way but the Chongsu. I'm going to keep calling her that mm-hmm. even if it's wrong. When she kind of makes the uh, old housekeeper like beg on her knees. When she's in the same situation as them. And, and right. you know, so uh, I, I kind of like that's when you kind of, at least for me, rooted against them a little bit because they could have worked together. Right. And they and could it, have. Uh, and none of this would have happened. None of this terribleness. Jessica wouldn't have died. Probably the basement people wouldn't have died. They would have worked it out. Right. And right. they it, like the housekeeper and the husband weren't trying to be malicious about it until they were trying to survive. Exactly. They. But that so was the parasitic family. You know, well, they, so they it's like.
1: They kind of got greedy, though. They went from trying to survive, and you know we. They need got food, very greedy.
0: But I, more, So I more, understand. More. I understand the greed. After, or I understand. I guess the the quote unquote punishment. The Veriside family. After she made him beg and was like, "No, you have to leave. Like I'm going to call the cops," kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, "Well, you're doing the same thing as me. I understand yeah. like that kind of." Yes, you hypocrite. Yeah, hypocritical. Like I'm, I'm going to punish well, you for it, being a hypocrite. Kind it of thing. reminds
1: me of that line where they're downstairs when the family comes home early from the camping trip, and Mr. Kim tells the housekeeper's husband that's been down there, "How could you live in a place like this?" And it's just crazy when you consider where he lives yeah. and the situation he's in. And if you were to put like the Park family in his home they would be asking the same question. Oh, 100%. So they, so hypocritical. They, yeah, as I was say,
0: they're very hypocritical. I think uh, maybe it's a deeper meaning of the movie in general. You know, when you get a piece of the pie, you think you're better than everybody else. Yeah. Like you, even no matter where you came from, you get a piece of that money, you get a piece of that... Uh, Fortune or or whatever else, you just automatically put down where you just were. Like even though you came from that, you were just there.
1: But for the for the Kim clan or the parasitic family, enough (laughs) is never enough. They just want more and more and more. Like they were making plenty of money with Kevin and Jessica alone, but they just it wasn't enough. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, as I say, they they were starting to eat out. They were starting to. I guess they were just uh, they hadn't moved out of their basement home thing, but.
1: Yeah, it really just um, showed how it can go from, you know, a need to survive to like greed just completely ravishing you and just yeah, taking over and yeah, ruining your life. Yeah, and. exactly.
0: I think, I, again, it's, it's one of those movies where you can take a lot out of it. And I think that's what makes it great, too, is that you can take a lot of lessons or different lessons out of it. Final notes. Literally, the last two notes I have is that just kind of wrapping up the film in general. Another culture, kind of a culture question, I guess, more of so than anything else. Is it, like, impossible to get out of poverty in Korean culture? I was just wondering how hard it is to get out of poverty because it felt like at the beginning of the movie that they've been there for a while.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Now, we, you know, kind of when Kevin goes off with his college friend and they kind of talk, he's just saying his dad's out of work right now. Mm -hmm. So obviously his dad, and obviously they talk about how his dad was a driver. I was just wondering, like, is it, like, once you get stuck in poverty, is it, like, impossible to get out kind of thing? That was, like, my question. Is the only way to get out. Manipulation is the only way to get out, you know, just fight for your life kind of thing, you know.
1: Yeah, and like desperation drives these people to do things they typically wouldn't.
0: Exactly. Is this? It, I, I guess my question was: Is it a common theme to get stuck in the slums and then have kind of a generational poverty kind I of thing mean, going
1: on? Honestly, I I don't think that's just a Korean thing. Honestly, even in America, that's an issue with a lot of people. Well, yeah, as um, I was say,
0: you get you get stuck in generational poverty for sure. Yeah, that's I mean, that's a thing.
1: And that's really what Bong Joon-ho is getting at. Just yeah. how difficult it is for some people based on. You know, social class and who they, what family they were born into, and just so many situational things—how unfair it can be, and how right. truly difficult it is to get out of your situation.
0: Right. Again, so. another lesson that you can learn from yeah. the film. You yeah. know. All right, so we can go on. Um, what notes? What did I miss? What did What did you think? I just what wanted
1: to you, ask if you, you know, first of all, I think we both love this movie. I don't know if you want to give a what your star review would be for okay, this. Okay, so we're
0: giving star. Are we doing all right? I, I, we didn't talk about this. Are we doing one out of five or one out of ten?
1: I was just going to do. Um, like my out of one hundred. Oh, out of one hundred. Oh gosh. Yeah, like a paper. Well, I not know if we were doing like you a, can do five. Like stars, five. You know.
0: Yeah. So I didn't know if we we're gonna do like.
1: I, g- I gave this movie a ninety eight out of one hundred. Ninety eight out of one hundred. Okay. The perfect score. I think it's one of those rare movies that truly does live up to the hype. And I'm so it
0: again, I think it was a really good movie. I did enjoy it. Original plot. Love that it was original because we don't get. I mean. You've seen a million movies. I've seen a lot of movies. Mm-hmm. We don't get very many original plots right. in movies. It's very rare. <sighs> I don't like that it was another language. Sure. Just because you're reading subtitles, and I have subtitles all, all, all the time, mm-hmm. but it's less so when you're hearing something, I guess, in English, you don't necessarily have to read the subtitles. You can just kind of scan down if you miss a word, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what he said.
1: I'm a no subtitles ever for Yeah, English, right, which I so. understand.
0: I understand. It, like, I, I don't... I don't like that I'm addicted to subtitles. I just am. To don't me, like it distracts
1: it. from so much of the visual Correct. stuff and the artistic that's what, that's value.
0: That's what I say. So but
1: for foreign films, it doesn't bother me because that is the way to see it because I obviously don't speak Korean, and I'm willing to do that because well, I, I, to see so awesome I'm willing, movies.
0: But my problem is that I can't see the facial expressions. I can't see the art. Exactly. I can't see the 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 camera effects and the way they're doing it i'm so Mm -hmm. focused on trying to figure out what they said and read it really fast so i can then scan up and look at what's going on right that i miss pieces so i feel like that takes it down a little bit Mm -hmm. i did really like the film it was really good 95 i'll go kind of basic with it 95 that's a great score hardly uh, we're ever ever gonna go on I mean it's really I really enjoyed it like it's, it's I really incredible. really thought it was a great movie it was entertaining from start to finish they give it you really suspenseful. Is. they give you suspenseful moments without scaring you and then there's, right, I there's forgot no cheap talking, jump of,
1: scares huh? there's no cheap jump scares no really. cheap
0: jump scares it, it's suspense without that much being at stake if that makes sense mm-hmm. like it's not like life or death there I mean there are suspenseful life or death moments at the very end. But throughout, they give you suspense moments that aren't life or death. Like, nothing's really going to happen. I mean, like, it's it would suck if something, if they were found out to be this parasitic family. But, like, mm-hmm. you know, what are they going to, I mean, what, what do they have to lose? You know, right. kind of thing. So I thought it was great. The score was great. We talked about it a little bit. It's like, incredible. just the change in music from time to time. The the upbeat parts when he wants, like, he can just, he literally changes the music and can change the suspense. Right there. Doesn't have to, he changes the mood. It, it can be the exact same shot. Nothing has really happened. And the music hit, hits up, and you're in suspense. He's you, genuinely yeah. a true master of the Yeah, honestly. I mean, that, that the composition was just great. I mean, it's not even like complex music either. It's like, what is it, like violin or piano at points? You yeah. know, it's nothing like, you know, crazy. It's just, it's like one instrument, but it's just the way he, he plays it. And the times he plays it, it's perfect. The lighting was perfect. The the camera angles, I thought, and it's really well shot. And the way they do the angles. Well, we raved about
1: the movie, obviously, because it deserves it, and it's it truly lives up to the hype. Did you have any critiques? Was there anything you disliked about the movie? Any glaring? Because I can I can I had a few I jotted down. Um, First of all, I wanted to ask the family, are they really that stupid? Like the every family? Yes, every single one of the plans had to be executed so perfectly, like. They didn't even Google to see if The Care was a real thing. Like, just a quick iPhone search. Like, oh, The Care. I wonder what this is.
0: Yeah, but I feel like if they did, um, that could have been, like, one of those unspoken film things where, because we've seen Jessica basically make a real credential, mm-hmm. I feel like she could have designed a website pretty easily.
1: That's true. It, it's, something, it's something she could have done. So, I,
0: I get what you're saying. Plot hole. But... And
1: the only other one I But had. then
0: she hires her straight from... Does Mr. Kim tell it to Mr. Park? For the he housekeeper, does.
1: okay. It's the scene you were talking about with the awkward silence. With the awkward right silence, yeah. Sorry,
0: I got distracted by the awkward silence. It's, uh, right, it's right after that he hands her,
1: he hands Mr. Uh, Park the, the card.
0: Yeah. You know, that says
1: the care. Yeah. The other thing I have was first I feel like,
0: of all – I feel like they she could have either designed a website or I think Mr. Park really doesn't care that much, and yeah. then I do think that Mrs. Park was is that gullible.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure.
0: So I think that I think that is kind of plays into your plot hole. There is that like. Either Jessica designed a website and it was unspoken, which I know that's kind of pulling at strings there. So let's mm-hmm. just say she didn't design a website. I think that Mr. Park really doesn't care that much. I think Mrs. Park is really that gullible. It just saw a card that said the care and then called.
1: <laughs> well, there there's some beautiful scenes in this that you know, are smash cuts. Like we see when they're having to sleep in that gym and they're in the slums, you know, yeah. and they're digging for clothes to go to this yeah. party. And then we get a smash cut to the rich family and they're humongous closet right going through all this clothes that she's never even yeah. worn before yeah so that is beautiful yeah, I didn't even
0: catch that I mean I, I know I, I caught catch it but I didn't even think about the the clothes well difference. we get it again
1: earlier in the movie when um you know they're trying to trick them into firing the housekeeper with the, with the peaches which again had to be executed perfectly but any, we see them like with the script right and as they're rehearsing this yeah was, is also cut with it actually taking place right which is an incredible way to tell it I think
0: it's I think they were first of all. I think Jessica and Kevin were smart, very smart, Mm -hmm. and they kind of. I think they've spent enough time with Mrs. Park to know what she would fall for, for what her responses kind of would be. Because obviously they have a response in there too. So they're rehearsing lines.
1: She is the boy,
0: right? And they're rehearsing lines with her responses. So obviously Mm -hmm. they're guessing what she's going to say. My theory with that too is that they had multiple responses
1: so if she says this it's kind of like um the The butterfly effect like in a video game (laughs) or or
0: (laughs) i was just gonna say a sales call Mm -hmm. like somebody who's uh, doing sales calls and they have those call sheets Mm -hmm. where they literally says it says like if customer says yes then you respond to this if customer says I don't want it. You respond to it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I feel like they had kind of like a sheet like that.
1: Well, I love the scene. That's not like the, the quote unquote critique because <laughs> that scene is beautiful. It's just the end of it. Um, how did Mr. Kim send that text to Jessica about the peaches? He says, about to pull up, you know, go ahead and get on with it, basically. But if he is driving Mr. Kim, or Mr. Park, how did he send that text? Because obviously he, Mr. Park gets onto him and says, "Eyes on the road." Yeah. So he's very strict about the way he's driving. So yeah. there is no way he could have sent that text message because Jessica looks at her phone and it says, "Dad, about to pull up."
0: Maybe they were parked. Maybe they were at a stop sign, stoplight.
1: I mean, I guess it's possible. That's the only thing. And if that's literally in this over two-hour movie, that's the yeah. really most flawless. The only things you can point to, it's incredible. I just wanted to point right. those out. No, no,
0: no. I, I get that. I didn't really have any. Like, normally I'll have critiques for, like, if I feel like they're copying something or if I feel like the shot was bad. I didn't like the way it was shot. I didn't feel like – I really didn't, though. Like, I thought the composition was great. I thought the um, the lines were well written. They weren't, like, I totally lines. agree. They weren't they – weren't, you know, I, I think we've gone over this, too, with some Marvel movies or some different – Movies that are great movies, but mm-hmm. they just have pieces of dialogue that I'm like, oh my god, we're, we're stating the obvious here. Where the expositional Yes, exactly. The man, worst. Right. You hate that. The so. worst. I don't feel like they did that. I feel like they let you understand as much as they wanted you to understand. If that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. visually, they use cues if they didn't use dialogue. Again, like we say, Kevin is. We think Kevin's gonna kill the family. He never says anything like that. He just carries the rock towards it. He looks like he's like got this new determination or, or it, it, he's almost like sad mm-hmm. and he just got this new determination to go down and never says it, but you just have a feeling. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I, we talked about that before, but I love what movies do that. You, you don't, yeah. don't explain it to me. Just Please. let me, let me think about it. Yes. <laughs> well, yes.
1: Well, I just want one more thing, just some fun facts I wanted to add. Um, and yeah. out, out of respect, I'm not going to try to pronounce the editor's name because I would butcher it. But, According, I want it. I want it. According to the, I want editor, it. I want the. I want the pronunciation. I believe his last name is Young. I'll Young. go with that, <laughs> Mr. He, Young. <laughs> he edited the film in Final Cut Pro 7, an editing program that an Apple stopped supporting back in 2011, and it was on a computer that hasn't even had a software update since 2014, and he received an Oscar nomination for this
0: on Final Cut Pro 7. <laughs> Which is crazy because like we use Final Cut here, yeah, and I feel like something just stop working if you don't right. update Can it, right? Can you imagine this? So like just... we we we're, we have updates all the time. Final Cut, yes. And we're on the what is it, fifteen now or something like that? Yeah. Yes, something like yeah. that. And if you do not update it, sometimes it will not let you like put music in. <laughs> it mm-hmm. will just quit, and then it will just lag, and oh then it will again. do uh, so many different things. You can't use filters for some things. You can't mm-hmm. use like. So like how he did this? It's so That's a lot of editors have a certain update or version or OS of an editing software that they just refuse to it's like. It's just go for up. them, yeah. Yeah, because they just tried another. They have tried the updates, or they or mm-hmm. they so comfortable with it at this point that they're just like, I'm not. But I don't. I don't know how you do that though. I feel like I. I want the New York stuff, dude. That's how I am. Oh, yeah. Honestly. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> the
1: only other uh, fun fact I wanted to note out was that the house, which is beautiful yeah. and incredible, was completely built from scratch for this movie. Oh, really? And the sketch was actually drawn by director Bong Joon-ho. Wow. And um, when he gave it to an actual production designer and architect to get on production, the architect said, no idiot would ever build a house this way. This is ridiculous. Because his point was, you wouldn't live like this. But right. Bong Joon-ho's point was... This is exactly how I want it for the composition. Yeah, and where the camera can go. So
0: was it? Was it? Maybe you don't know. Was it like a real house? Is like actually built a house, or was they it like literally? Like,
1: they built the house from scratch. Wow. Yeah, that's cool for the movie.
0: That's cool. So was it on like a piece of land, or was it on a movie set? So that's that like sense.
1: That's an interesting question. I'm pretty sure it's on location. So it I mean, looks like it. I mean, it there. does
0: not look like it's. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, visual effects are really good, but it looks like a, just a real piece of land. Yeah, right? it is.
1: Because there yeah. there's so many pivotal scenes that take place in that yard,
0: yeah. so right, that's crazy. But yeah, that's that's all I have. That's crazy. Yeah. So our next movie coming up that we want to review came out pretty recently. It's the Suicide Squad. We'll not the Suicide, not Squad. Suicide Squad, the. the Suicide Squad. Not Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. James Gunn directed. On uh, I watched it on HBO. Uh, Jeff watched it in theaters, so we'll probably have different. Uh, yeah, Jeff is a big theater guy. We'll we'll figure <laughs> yeah. that out as we go along. Big theater guy. Yeah. We might have some differences in watching it though, those two places and everything like sure. that. But I love James Gunn. Uh, but next episode, if y'all want to listen along, watch the Suicide Squad. It will have spoilers in it. Just we, I will alert that again before we do it. I want to
1: end the show every show by you know talking about maybe a recommendation we have, something we've been streaming lately. Is there anything good you've seen lately
0: you would recommend, Stephen? Town Okay. really good Kate Win'slet on HBO just kind of a detective show um, mm-hmm. honestly really really well written
1: and this is a mini series on HBO yeah uh,
0: well I don't know if they're doing another it's only seven or eight episodes gotcha uh so it's just one season right right now I don't think they're gonna do another season like the way they get, they it ended to a point where they just ended there mm-hmm. but like if they wanted to do another season they could it has a twist it twist okay um, I'm, I'm so down one, for a good choice. that one was really interesting that one's one of those where there's a few episodes where you I don't know how people watched it as it was coming out mm-hmm. <laughs> like I had to watch the next episode you there's a few episodes <laughs> where you don't have to like it's just kind of like okay this episode ended and you want to you want to keep obviously following along the story but it's not mm-hmm. like a cliffhanger there's a couple episodes where I'm like I would not have been able to stand a week after yeah the, Yeah. So,
1: well it, of course you went with a, a TV show recommendation so I'm gonna get Mom which yeah, of course is a movies. movie yeah um what I would recommend for this week, I just watched Coda. Coda. That's the child
0: of a deaf adult, right?
1: Yes. Child of deaf adults. It's, I mean, it's like just a great family feel-good movie. Does it
0: have to, anything to do – didn't you say Apple bought it? There's a Google commercial that's been Coda on for a while. That's Coda.
1: Yeah, Apple – You know what I'm talking about? No, but Apple did buy the rights to the film because it was a big hit at Sundance. You know, yeah. it got a big standing ovation. What's your
0: favorite film festival? i uh, never been to one. I <laughs> uh, would love to go. Watchmen, like, is it –
1: Cans, right? Can is pretty awesome. That's where, you know, Parasite. Yeah. Won the, the Sundance, big award. I
0: know, I've seen a lot. Sundance is pretty Sorry, awesome. Sorry, very, very painful. Yeah. Keep
1: going. But this reminds me of another Sundance hit from a few years ago, like okay. Me and Earl and the Dying Girl. which me and movie. Earl and the Dying Girl. Great okay. movie. Not a lot of people have seen, but yeah, Coda's awesome. I know the, my name is
0: Earl. I don't know Me and Earl.
1: <laughs> Well, the actress in it is amazing. She's okay. just incredible. Her voice is awesome, and she really... I've never seen her in anything else before, and she just totally kills it. And it's, like I said, a great feel-good family movie. And it does a lot of stuff that are typically cringy in movies or annoying. You're like, I've seen this a billion times. But, yeah, but it does them so well, and it's like just so heartwarming. It's just great. And I can't imagine anybody watching it and just not falling for it. And it's probably going to be one of my favorite movies at the end of the year, for sure. So I was pretty blown away by it. Okay. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend checking out on Apple TV. Well, we hope
0: you join us for next episode. This is the end of the inaugural episode. Um, let us know how we did. Let us know if uh, you would like anything different or any topic ideas you'd like in the future. And um, if you want to tune in to the next episode, watch The Suicide Squad.